never, ever marks this spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. week's episode of the top five report the podcast that knows it needs another map because davenport's in another state my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter hey man hey, how's it going <laughs> it's going um and uh yeah dude this has been an interesting weekend because i almost forgot that uh comic-con happened <laughs> i have the i have the exact same experience to be honest um, yeah, virtual Comic-Con, and I just was like, wow, that, that was a thing. <laughs> I think it was, like, Saturday morning, I was, like, woke up and was just looking at Twitter, and then I was like, holy cow, all this crazy stuff's going on, and then I had to catch up a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely fun, and it was kind of a, uh, I mean, I've never been to San Diego Comic-Con, so even though, you know, this year it was done remotely, it didn't changed the experience too much for me so that's good oh yeah well it was i just it's weird because if you don't know because san diego comic-con we talked a long time ago about it being canceled so if you're listening to this and you didn't know that san diego comic-con got canceled um there's no rush you didn't miss anything it's all online go view it right now (laughs) i mean absolutely i mean pause the show and then come back but (laughs) um yeah it's it's all online so there's no rush um yeah, do you have anything you want to add to that, or? I mean, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about about um, just the con like news and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, not too much. Just like for me, since I'm never usually there, and I'm kind of just absorbing the news stories through Twitter and whatnot. Anyways, it didn't make a huge difference, but uh, it's still fun to see stuff going on. I know not as much stuff was going on this year as usual, but uh, still kind of cool to have uh, that you know, constant stream of nerdy news coming through, so. Um, yeah, so what's interesting about it is I didn't really dig through a lot of it. There were a lot of panels. Um, there were a lot of, there were a lot of panels that, um, didn't really, like, I don't know, like, I don't really follow The Walking Dead, so I didn't watch The Walking Dead panel, but I was really, like, how many of these panels are actually going to provide real information that we can extrapolate and do anything with? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I didn't, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, interesting. That's all I got to say about (laughs) Comic-Con being handled that way. I'm glad they tried to do something. Um, yeah, I was running into a lot where there was like, so like, let's say IGN hosted a panel and then like, sci-fi would host another panel with the same people and then like comicbook.com would or i just noticed there's a lot of sort of like streamed panels that were like kind of hitting the same points so there's i think there's more panels than usual to try to like sort sift through but uh yeah the only one i watched was i watched a little bit of uh todd mcfarlane one that uh sci-fi put on i watched about half of that but uh that's the only one i was able to catch so 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, how about this, man? Um, we're gonna. There's a bunch of news that yeah. came out of it. There is. There is news that came out of it, which is awesome. Did um, let's. Do you want to just talk, start talking about what are we watching, what are we reading, that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I watched a couple movies over the weekend, and I can't. It's kind of one of those things where I watched a couple movies and I don't remember <laughs> the ones that I watched too vividly, so I think they weren't too notable. But one of the ones that I did watch was I finally got a chance to watch uh, Friends with Benefits. Um, and I think a couple of weeks ago you had this on one of our lists that we did. Yeah, and you've never um, seen I, that movie. Yeah, yeah, and I actually, I actually was uh, pleasantly surprised. I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty entertaining, and I thought there was like. Especially, like, how the, the opening scene of the movie, I guess, I just thought was so clever, and I was like, okay, this is the kind of romantic comedy I like. like and the movie, it has its, like, corny and ridiculous moments, but I think there is a lot of cleverness to uh, how the story's structured and a lot of the moments in there. So I actually did enjoy it. Like, it is a super over-the-top movie, but it's also, like, I, I thought it was pretty good overall, so I was, I was happy with that. Um... um no, uh, yeah, I I love Friends with Benefits as a movie. It's one of the. It's honestly one of those movies that if I can catch it, I will just watch it again and again and again. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, is that all you watched? Uh, no, I also had a chance to. So I mentioned a couple of minutes ago that I watched that uh, Todd McFarlane panel that Sci-Fi put on, and I guess uh, Sci-Fi was doing a panel with Todd McFarlane because um, they just released this uh, documentary about Todd McFarlane as well. Um, and uh, that's it. They actually released it on YouTube. Um, it's actually considered, it's like produced by Sci-Fi Wire, which I guess is like Sci-Fi's YouTube channel or something like that. But uh, so they put out this short, it's like a 45 minute documentary called uh, Todd McFarlane, Like Hell I Won't. I don't know if you're familiar with this or if you had a chance to catch this at all or. No. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Sorry, no. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically this, uh, this documentary goes through kind of Todd McFarlane's backstory, like how he broke into comics, started working for Marvel, eventually broke off and was one of the in image founders, and then just kind of the success of Spawn. And like kind of while they're telling his backstory, uh, it cuts back and forth between like kind of like flashing back to his uh, background story and then cutting back to uh, present day where they're talking about the uh, production and release of uh, Spawn issue 300. So it's, it's actually a pretty interesting little watch. Um, like I said, it's like 45 minutes. I really love um, Todd McFarlane and like all the image founders. Like those are some of my favorite comic book creators. So like, I, I think there's like two different image like documentaries about the founding of Image, and I've watched them both. And uh, this documentary, as far as like Todd McFarlane's backstory, I don't think it really told me anything I didn't know. Um, some of the production aspects of Spawn number three hundred that, that that it went through was kind of interesting, and uh, I think just Todd McFarlane has such a uh, inspiring personality that personality to me because he's just like one he just kind of like blazes his own trail like he doesn't really like he's a super success successful like independent comic artist and that's just basically because he didn't want to work for anybody and I think that's like 
really cool and inspiring. So I think that was like a big takeaway for me was just kind of getting more of that sort of uh, refresh, refreshing Todd McFarlane energy out of this documentary, if that makes sense. No, it's, it is because with the Spawn movie coming and things, things of that nature, uh, you want him to be like excited and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, speaking of the, the Spawn movie, I heard, uh, Todd McFarlane, there was a clip in the documentary with Todd McFarlane saying something like, the movie's almost ready to go, they're just waiting for the last bit of funding to go through or something. Um, I don't. We might have talked about that a while ago, but it's cool to hear that it's coming. It sounds like it's coming along. It's just kind of, I want it to be here now. <laughs> I want to actually know that it's being made, you know, because we've been waiting for that movie for a long time. Um, yes, and I also, I also hope that Sam and Twitch TV show is still a possibility. Um, cause they oh, were, oh, right. Yeah, because there was, that was supposed to be a thing, and I hope that's still a thing coming. Um, if yeah. you don't follow the Spawn comics, Sam and Twitch is the, uh, they're the two cops that basically follow everything going on, um, within the Spawn universe and everything in the city, and, um, there was supposed to be a TV show about them, but um, and that just sounds fantastic because of all the like weird crap that happens in that city. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It'd be like a really cool, like gritty sort of like you know cop procedural show, probably. But it would uh, it'd have that supernatural backdrop that would be really fun too. Um, yeah, I hope that show's happening as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was like Friends with Benefits and that uh, Todd McFarlane documentary were the big things, I think, are most notable things that I watched. Uh, did you watch anything cool? Or? Um, the one, like, aside from, like, you know, watching The Simpsons with the kid because he's now into that show and that kind of stuff, um, mm-hmm. and it's nice having stuff on in the background and things, but I did watch uh, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, um, which oh, okay. um, they say is the final... Um, they say it's the final animated DC film that's coming, but there is Superman, Man of Tomorrow coming, and Batman, Death and the Family coming. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, I guess it is, it is it the ending of the kind of like new 52 adaptions that they were doing? And, and maybe that's it, but the thing about it is is that in the movie, first off, it's rated R, and it's heavily, it's heavy rated R, um, yeah. like it's, uh, rated R for, um, like mostly violence and gore and it is very gory. Um, <clears throat> it's a completely different take on the subject matter of the source material cause it's apocalypse war is referring to the dark side war. Um, <laughs> they do things very differently, but they did a couple things that I really liked that were kind of harken back to justice league, uh, rock for, uh, rock of ages. Um, which is one of the coolest Justice League story arcs, and then throw in, uh, you know, the cross between Dark Side War and stuff. It's, it was just really cool. But the ending of it had a really cool moment where they realized we need to send Flash back in time and create another Flashpoint. Um, I don't know if that was as clear in the uh, um, Dark Side in, in the Dark Side War comic as it was in the movie. Um, so it makes me wonder, like, if you're doing this, go start a new Flashpoint, start a whole new thing, and keep, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I wonder if they were uh, kind of advertising it as the last um, DC animated movie like that. Maybe that's just, like, a marketing thing where, like, 
you know, they're like, oh, if this is the end of your new 52 adaptions, let's say it's the last one and more people will buy it or something. But uh, it sounds super cool. I'm really behind on those uh, DC animated movies. I know for a while I was buying and watching every single one. So uh, I was going to ask, did you watch this on HBO Max or where did you get No, I, I have the Blu-ray because I'm, oh, nice. I'm a weirdo and just buy all of them. So. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay, nice. I was I was kind of hoping like they had all of those on HBO Max, and I could just go subscribe and you know watch them all. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know if that one's on HBO Max yet. Okay. I have no clue. I haven't even looked for it yet. But I have the Blu-ray because I pre-ordered. I just I pre-order all of them for some reason. Like I just see them. And I'm like, eh, pre-order. So they just yeah. show up at my house, which is kind of cool because my collection on my shelf looks great. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um. So yeah, that's um. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically uh, it for me in terms of watching. The movie was great. It was very violent, very gory. When they started showing flashbacks of, uh, um, uh, let me see, uh, when they started showing, because basically it like jumps ahead, so it's like Dark Side attacks, and then it jumps ahead two years, and you start seeing everything that happened and some of the like horrible, like torturous type things that took place. Um, yeah, that does that make sense? Um, it's like, they got really gory with some of those things, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, those animated movies get pretty adult sometimes, but, uh, I mean, I always enjoy it, and that's kind of, uh, cool to hear. It makes me, <laughs> as dumb as it sounds, it makes me excited to watch it just to see how far it goes and stuff, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so, do you want to hit the news? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. Um, where do you want to start, man? <laughs> oh man, I don't, I'm, I don't even know where. To yeah. Start. All right. So how about this? We'll start with Marvel. Um, okay. We'll start with Marvel because there's actually Marvel stories for a little bit for a minute, and then there's some DC stories, and there's a couple Star Wars stuff that we need to talk about. So Marvel, real quick. Um, Natalie Portman confirms that production on Thor: Love and Thunder is set to begin in early 2021. Okay. Yay. I mean, it sounds about right. Yeah. Um. So that sounds about right. Hopefully COVID doesn't wreck that. Um, next Marvel news. Haley Steinfeld has been cast as Katie Bishop officially in the Disney Plus Hawkeye series. Back when we talked about this, it was all rumor. Okay, yeah, I, I vaguely remember this uh, yeah. being a rumor. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, this sounds cool to me. I'm down for that. Yeah, she's been in talks for the role since September, which back last September, but now it seems like to be official, so... Um, I think at the time we kind of knew that was going to be the case. <laughs> um, next Marvel news, Captain Marvel 2. This is actually I thought was really kind of interesting. Um, Captain Marvel 2 will reportedly feature Miss Marvel, and the movie might also include other Avengers characters. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, it sounds neat. It sounds like um, it's almost going to be its own little team-up film, which will be pretty fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know, uh, as far as, like, elaborating on, like, theories and stuff, I don't know what to add to that, but, uh, I mean, it sounds cool. I know, um, I know a little bit about the newest version of Miss Marvel that they have in the comics. I'm assuming that's the one they're going to go with. Um, do you have any thoughts on this one? I think it's interesting that they're going to bring in Miss Marvel into Captain Marvel. I'm curious to see how the non-readers 
handle the I don't understand the two names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because no, the because the because there's no. two there's technically two Miss Marvels and the one that they're talking about is the Muslim one that has like yeah. all the weird superpowers and stuff. Well, do you think it'll be like it? She'll be Miss Mar Miss Marvel, but they won't actually call her that in the movie. Like that sort of thing. I don't know because well, do they even really call her Captain Marvel and? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because <laughs> everybody knows that's what her name is. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's, that's actually really funny. It makes me want to like think of like if you go through the MCU, how many times do the characters actually use their superhero names? <laughs> it's probably way less than what you we even think. Realize, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then throw in. Hmm. And it's like Tony Stark says, <laughs> I am Iron Man at the end of the first Iron Man movie, and that's it. That's all we want. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just kidding. And then, I know there's like the Hulk smash line in Avengers, but... Yeah, and then throw in the idea that there's, um... How do you want to word this? Uh, the fact that they want to put in other Avengers characters in the movie, so I'm curious to see how it all works. I do wonder, and I'm not kidding when I say this, is if now that Captain Marvel's in the series and Steve Rogers is technically out of the series if they're going to be actually working towards Civil War 2, which was another big event in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. And it was Iron Man versus uh, Captain Marvel as opposed to Iron Man versus Captain America. And um, I know Tony Stark is no longer with us, but that doesn't mean you're not going to have an Iron Man when you think about the fact that he had a daughter, when you think about the fact that, you know, Shirari, like, that was a big thing from uh, Black Panther was going to be the new Iron Man, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah. it does or have me... Or if they brought in, like, if they did, like, the Riri Williams uh, aspect of it, too, like, that could be a direction to go on as well. Um, so, yeah. Um, I'm really kind of curious to see how that goes. Um, Marvel, the last pieces of news. So first off, this kind of rolls into the next piece. So Spider-Man 3 release date moved. <clears throat> excuse me. Spider-Man 3 release date moved uh, to December 17th, 2021. Um, the reason this segues into the next thing is because Marvel has released a massive list of their new release dates. Um, oh, I gotcha. Black Widow is now still November 6th of this year. If it happens... Uh, followed by the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is currently delayed, then WandaVision. It's still the same slate, it's just they're not showing, because um, then it goes Eternals in February 12th, 2021. Everything's backed up, but it's a whole new list. Um, okay. And then what's nice is at the very end for 2022 to 20, through 2023, 2023 has five, four movies slated right now. Um but that slate is that just says untitled films. But then, um, and movies that are announced that don't have release dates yet are Guardians Three, Blade, Fantastic Four, Ant Man Three, Deadpool Three, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and She Hulk. Um, Moon Knight and She Hulk, I thought were not going to be movies. I thought they were going to be um, what do I want to what do I want to call it? I thought they were going to be TV shows on Disney Plus. So. So I think. Like, ever since, um, I'm trying to think of what, like, TV show would have started it, but I feel like lately when I've seen those, like, sort of Marvel, uh, timelines about when their movies are coming out, like, I feel like they've started including the shows in that as well, um, if that's been just, like, the last couple of years or something like that, but, uh, 
I honestly think it sounds really exciting, that slate of uh, new properties, just because there's a lot of stuff that uh, we haven't seen yet, and it'll be really cool to see. Like, it'll be cool to see Moon Knight, and uh, I mean, like you said, we have Guardians 3 and stuff, but there's a couple other, I, I'm already forgetting them, but there's a couple other titles where it's like, ooh, that'll be awesome to actually see it come, <laughs> come to life. You know? Right. Right. Um, and I agree. And like, I'm really curious to see the blade. I want to see the new Fantastic Four that they're yeah, looking blade. at. Yeah, there you go. Thanks blade, for blade, and Fantastic Four are the two that I'm most excited to see. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's jump over to DC news. I want to save Star Wars for last because I'm excited about it. DC. Okay. Um, I just talked about the DC animated films with uh, Death of the Death in the Family. Okay. I gotta be very careful when I word this because DC has Batman Death in the Family, which is the death of Robin, and yeah. DC has Death of the Family, which is about the fallout of the Bat family itself after a Joker situation uh, within the New 52 um, area. <laughs> the Death of the Family, the death of Jason Todd Robin. A lot of people don't know this, but back in the day, they posed this thing where we're going to do, we're gonna kill Robin, or we're not going to kill Robin because there was a lot of fan backlash over the second Robin, Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah. So they had a hotline. Kids, this is not like the internet where we do internet petitions for things. This is a legit hotline um, where you had to call in and give them your vote. And there's a big article, not a big article, in the issue at the end, there's a letter from DC saying, we did not kill Robin, the fans did. Because the vote was overwhelmingly get rid of this character. Um later after the joker kills the character later he comes back and becomes the red hood and now he's like one of the fan favorite characters so um i don't know how that works maybe it's just a reinvention who knows that the fans just went nuts over anyway there's a batman death in the family animated film coming and there's a trailer out for it that released today it looks great um some of it looks like it's mixed with some footage from uh the red hood film um Either way, it, it almost looks like they're using some old footage from that to tell this story, but there's some new stuff, and what I really thought was cool about this is it says, new trailer for DC Animation's interactive film, Death in the Family, where you can decide Jason Todd oh, man. Um, lives <laughs> or dies has been officially released. Now, if you watch the trailer, it actually shows a screen pop up that says decide Jason Todd's fate, and you have arrow options on for your remote, so you can say lives, dies, and then there's something else. Um, and I couldn't really, it was just too quick, so I couldn't really see what that said. But it looks like the movie takes a spot where you as a fan get to click and decide how it's going to go. That is, that's amazing. I think that's like such a genius concept. Do you have anything um, else you want to jump in on that for? Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I. so first of all, this this animated movie I just heard about like shortly before recording today like so I don't know a lot about it but just hearing the interactive angle I just think that's so that's so genius like that's so perfect and uh yeah that's gonna be really really interesting to see and it's like really good for rewatchability because you gotta see all the different outcomes and stuff like that yeah yeah I mean it was I and it makes me like I can't wait to like I can't wait because I pre-ordered it forever ago and when they announced that they were done making DC animated movies with the Apocalypse War I was like crap I'm not gonna get to see like (laughs) you know yeah no I don't think they're ever gonna stop making them because I don't think people are going to stop wanting them. <laughs> so. I know. I just don't want them to stop making hard copies because I love the collection on my shelf. 
Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, anyway, uh, other piece of DC news. This is cool. Rumor, it's a rumor, um, for those people who have HBO Max and you haven't gotten a chance to watch Titans, um, because it's been on DC, uh, the DC Universe app, this has me a little scared for DC Universe, but at this point, because of what's on HBO Max, if you're going to scrap DC Universe, bring it over and just put it all on HBO Max. Um, yeah. So the rumor is, according to Full Circle Media, Teen Titans 3, Season 3, will reportedly air on HBO Max and DC Universe simultaneously, just like Doom Patrol is doing. Cool. Um, so I just think that's awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's it's just awesome. Yeah, no, it's great. DC is kind of... Uh... I think just because the app it doesn't have like as wide of a like of an appeal as like you know uh, Disney Plus or HBO Max. Um, I think if there's kind of a lot of the shows on there are kind of like best kept secrets almost, where you know they're pumping out these amazing shows like Titans or Doom Patrol, but not as many people are watching it. So yeah, it's definitely great to hear they're bringing it over to HBO Max. Yeah, um, I just I haven't watched season two yet. I'm really excited to watch it. Um, I need to. That's something I should probably try and do this week before next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, on, I'm on the same boat. But when does season three come out next week or something? Or? No, I just think it's a reported. Oh. Hey, we're this is the plan. Um, oh, okay. So well, I think you said before next week, and I was like, oh, is season oh, three dropping? That no, <laughs> I just before next week, meaning just new stuff for me to talk about. Like, hey, I watched this. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So there is a scene that released. Um, there's a footage of... for. So this is some Snyder Cut stuff. Um, Zack Snyder revealed that he had to shoot a scene with Superman in the red and blue suit and then later have it color corrected to the black. Yes. To the black. Now, a lot of people know about black suit Superman. Um, and this this is the part that I loved hearing Snyder talk about because it's something that I don't know like the comics talk about but it's just it's almost like the hardcore fans know but everyone else doesn't really understand why he had to wear a black suit so he wanted to put Superman in the black suit and, every, and I guess the execs were like no you don't because you put Superman in this suit because of you know that kind of thing um, so Zack Snyder said he had to shoot the scene with the red and blue and color correct it later because the studio refused to make the black suit saying that the studio misunderstood Superman's resurrection. The reason he has the black suit is because black absorbs solar energy quicker. Oh, and cool. Superman okay. draw and Superman draws his power from the solar energy. That's a really nerdy factoid. That's really cool. Right. I, uh, right, but it's amazing factoid. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, I mean, that's like, uh, I totally, I didn't know that, actually, even being a, a big Superman fan, but, like, right. and, like, especially that, you know, the death and return of Superman is one of my favorite stories. Um, yeah, that's really cool, and, uh, I mean, if you watch Zack Snyder's uh, DC movies, like, really watch them, you'll notice that he has tons of little, like, tidbits and homages to other, like, Superman and Batman films and stuff and so like it doesn't surprise me that he has that sort of nerdy level of insight there but it's just really cool to hear so yeah I really here's uh, the thing Zack Snyder awesome. knows what he's talking about yes. and yeah. I and I and it irritates the hell out of me that so much of the internet was like get rid of Zack Snyder but now the internet's like no 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 no, no we need him back because he was clearly onto something and we didn't you know like no like 
come on, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm, it makes me more excited. Um, it just makes me more excited for the Snyder Cut. Um, yeah. Zack awesome. Snyder also said, uh, he did say that when DC's fandom hits um, at the in August, so like next month, so about a month from now, um, he said when that happens, he will be releasing a new, I don't know if it's new footage or a new trailer um, for his cut of the film. Um, That's great. He also said that he will not use a single piece of footage from Joss Whedon's Justice League cut. He said, I would destroy the movie before I use a single frame of that I didn't photograph. That is a effing hard fact. I'd effing blow the thing up. <laughs> right, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> so, he's a little irritated. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to, like, speak in the most fairest terms possible, I also think that Zack Snyder, like, his movies, he has, like, a really solid vision for. Like, what, whether you like him or don't, like, he has a very solid vision for how he wants his movies to look. So it just makes sense that, like, the kind of director he is... He just never would use anybody else's footage in the first place. Um, so he might be irritated. I guess I'm just trying to speak as fair as possible, knowing that even if he wasn't irritated, he's still not going to use somebody else's footage sort of thing. Um, yeah, and I just, I'm glad he's not the, here's the thing. There's one sequence in, like, there's one sequence in the, um, Joss Whedon cut that I really like and that's yeah. the scene at the beginning with Batman and the Parademon and that was yes. specifically Whedon he ordered that he he specifically added that in himself that was a Whedon thing I like that bit because I think it's cool it's very it's very Batman and it's almost directly from the book Justice League War yes um, other than that um, yeah so <laughs> I can't wait to see uh I can't wait to see this cut of the film. Because overall, I liked Justice League, but mm-hmm. Justice League sits really bad with me now that I know so much about what we should have gotten. So. Yeah, it's I, I like Justice League a lot, too, but it is one of those things where it's like, <clears throat> I just feel like we could have gotten a better film and we deserved a better one. So I'm happy to see this uh, coming to life. And uh, just to add about like that beginning Batman scene, like it's going to be interesting to see... Uh, the final, like, Snyder Cut version of this movie, because then we'll know for sure, like, which pieces were Joss Whedon, which pieces were uh, Zack Snyder and stuff like that. Right. Um, did you get a chance, did you watch the footage with uh, Black Suit Superman? Um, there's a couple pieces of footage that have dropped, um, and I, it's, the, the one that's um, pretty clear is the one with uh, Superman landing in the Batcave. Um, yep. I don't know if that's the one you're talking about, but I've seen a yeah, couple, that, I've seen a couple stills, so... Oh, yeah, that's the one that uh, I keep seeing shared around. And it's the, uh, I think it was in the first or second Justice League uh, trailer when uh, Zack Snyder was still at the helm of that movie. We've already seen that scene with uh, Superman landing in the Batcave and talking to Alfred, but it's still, like, really awesome to see it with the black suit. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just exciting overall. I don't have too much to say (laughs) about it besides that. Right. Um, well, let's move on to Star Wars. A um, cool. couple things are huge. This is awesome. Uh, one of them is more this is awesome than that. But uh, this first one, this first one is a rumor. And I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind everybody once again. 
Nothing is true until Lucasfilm confirms it. Star Wars more than any other property. If Lucasfilm doesn't say it, it's not true. I'm hoping that this rumor is actually true. A sequel to Solo is rumored to be in development, and it would be released exclusively on Disney+. Plus. That is awesome. That's it is awesome. Again, rumor, Lucasfilm has not confirmed it. And Star Wars is a has to come from the horse's mouth, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about Solo is the movie didn't end where we all thought it was going to end. Right. You know what I mean? So we knew there was more story to be told, and uh, that's just so exciting that we might be getting more. Um, at this point, I'm hoping they bring up back all the same actors, but since it's Disney+, Plus, I feel like that'll be the case, and... Uh, yeah, no, this is just great news. I so, feel um, like I feel like Disney Plus is going to back the money trucks up where they need to, and they're going to get all the actors back. Lucasfilm is not; they don't recast unless like, and when I say recast, like no, that's yeah, that, that's true. They, I can't even like think of you get you get first refusal rights because you played the character, and if you're not in, they'll probably fit the story around not having you a part of it. That's yeah. how that's how they'll handle it. Um. But since we're talking about Lucasfilm, since we're talking about Star Wars, the Emmy nominations are in. Um, okay. And I don't know how the Emmys are going to go this year. I don't know how. I don't fully understand how they're going to handle it um, because of all the social distancing and we're not able to do things. So it might all just be online. We might just get to watch people do, you know, that something. I don't know. Um, what I will say, and this is the thing that got me so excited, is The Mandalorian earned 15 Emmy nominations. Including, but not limited to, because I don't know if I have all of them here. Um, best soundtrack or the score. Um, so uh, character voiceover performance uh, by Taiko Atiti. Um, it includes production design for a narrative program, outstanding cinematography for a single camera series, outstanding sci-fi fantasy costumes, three separate nominations for single camera picture editing for a drama series, outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series limited series movie or special outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama half hour and animation outstanding sound mixing for a comedy drama series um outstanding music composition um outstanding stunt coordination um outstanding visual effects and the most important one of all best drama series wow yeah um, Mandalorian got huge. Um, I'm so, so excited, um, to see that. Yeah, that's, um, so, yeah, I mean, the drama. Oh, and, and, uh, and, I'm sorry, I missed one. And best, um, outstanding, uh, guest actor. Okay, who's the guest actor? Uh, the guy who played Moff Gideon at the end of the film, who was holding onto the Darksaber. Right, okay. Okay, cool. Because I, I was just thinking there's like a couple different people who could be considered guest actors in there. But um, So you were going down that list of all the awards it's up for, and each one it was like, well, can't argue with that, can't argue with that, can't argue with that, until you got to Best Drama. And I was like, okay, this is the one where it'll probably have some competition. But it's right. awesome to hear it nominated for that much. It's obviously a great series. So, yeah, really cool overall. Yes, I know. And I'm just... Look, we rave and rave and rave about the Mandalorian, and it may, and like 
hearing this news about the uh, about the Emmys made me not only want to watch the show completely over again, but made me want to watch Disney Gallery again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, fantastic, just amazing. Um, that's all I got for the news, man. Unless you have something you want to add on about Mandalorian getting winning all the Emmys. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, you mentioned Black Suit Superman, so uh, that was the important one. <laughs> to me. And, well, uh, yeah, I no, I think you're all excited about Black Suit Superman more because you uh, just learned something about the black suit. So. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a little bit of everything, you know. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it all sounds good to me. It was uh, I the Star Wars stuff I was less familiar with than the other stuff, but uh, yeah, it's I'm just glad that Comic Con still happened in a sense this year, you know. Right. Um, all right, well, you got, you want to run the list, man? Yeah, let's go for it. Cool. All right, well, Ryan, it's list time, so you know what to do, man. Roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, we're back. Peter. Yes. This was your list pick. Um, you want to explain it? <laughs> Um, I only I only paused there because I was looking at my list going, yeah, Peter needs to explain, not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty self-explanatory, but uh, I just thought we should do our top five uh, teen comedies. And this is one of those things where this is a list that I thought we would have already done because it just seems like a no-brainer. Like, oh, of course we were going to do this list at some point. And I realized that we hadn't. And I was it was just one of those things where I didn't put a ton of thought into it. It was just kind of you know, we need to do this because we haven't yet. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun list to compile. I found myself being quite a purist, actually, when I put this list together. Like, there are certain movies where it's like, I don't know if that's really a true teen comedy and stuff. So I was kind of being a purist when I put it together. But I had a fun time uh, putting this one together. I love uh, teen comedies quite a bit. So uh, do you have any thoughts on this one? I had a weird time putting this together. Because okay. when you Google teen comedies, there's movies on that list that pops up that are not comedies, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> okay. There are movies in that pop up that are not teen movies, in my opinion. Yes. Um, yeah. So it, I found it bizarre. Um, let me see. A Pleasantville, that's one that I don't know if I would count as a teen comedy. Um, and then... You can make an argument for it, but yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, um... Scott Pilgrim, I guess so, but Scott Pilgrim to me kind of falls like somewhere else, like in another category, if you will. I, I don't think really. It's more of a early twenties comedy. Right, I know, like, and that's the thing. There's a like lot. Knives Chow is one of the only teens that's actually in the movie. So. I know, and there's a bunch of other movies that hit that, like House Bunny. That was one that I'm like, that's more like a college movie. That's not a teen comedy. I kept thinking like I kept thinking high school when I was watching. Yep. You know, that was kind of where I was focused. Um, so I kind of approached it in the high school teen mindset. Um, That's when I was... perfect, because I did the same thing. It was either, like, a lot of movies that I wanted on my list, the characters were just a little too old, or, like, I was having trouble... One of the things that I, I think I limited myself with that I didn't need to, but stuff that falls more into, like, horror and science fiction and stuff, I was being a purist about, where I was like, well, I can't include that because it's more of a horror movie a teen comedy, you know, like that sort of uh, mindset, I guess, so. Right. Um, the, uh, uh, I have, oh, sorry. I didn't no, it's all right. And then I'm going to say this right off the bat. 
I'm real sorry to all you people out there that were hoping we were going to talk about Breakfast Club. If Peter does, that's great, but I'm going to be the bummer. I'm going to be the bummer here and say I do not like Breakfast Club, and I think the movie is incredibly overrated. <laughs> so, um, and I always say that because I feel like I feel like enough listeners would be like, oh man, Breakfast Club's the best. Like, it's not. Like, I think it's, I liked the movie when I watched it, but I just think it's overrated and I don't think it's the, that good anymore. So, so can I say two things? Sure. Uh, in response to that. So, one is a statement, one is a question. Because I was actually thinking about this after our episode last week because you said you didn't like Breakfast Club. So, my first statement is, I do like Breakfast Club. I, I do think it's a good movie. It does not make my list or honorable mentions this week. Okay. Uh, my question for you is, the first time you saw Breakfast Club, did you watch it alone or in a group? I watched it in a group. Oh, um, really? Okay. Because yeah. I thought that might make the biggest difference. Because to me, one of the funnest parts of, of the Breakfast Club is you have kind of a uh, stereotype version of all your high school-like you know, stereotypes. And uh, it's kind of fun to watch as a group because you start joking about, like, oh, this person's most the most like this character in the movie and stuff like that. So I thought that might factor into it, where if you just watch it by yourself, you might not get the same, uh, dy- that, those kinds of dy- dynamics out of your watching. But, uh, yeah, since, um, since that's not the case, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I just don't like the movie. No, it's all good. I just, I know that, like, I just remember... I remember, because we always pick um, the, the week before, you know, so if you've been listening, if this, unless this is your first time listening, you know that we pick last week to what we're going to discuss this week. And yeah. when um, when I walked out of the episode and I had a couple friends who were like, dude, what's your list next week? And I was like, oh, we're doing uh, teen comedies, because they hadn't just, they hadn't listened to the episode yet, no big deal, but they yeah. asked, and I was like, it's teen comedies. And the and so many of the people that I talked to were like, oh, Breakfast Club, and I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna make the list. <laughs> like, that's not gonna make the list. So, yeah. um, I, I, I do think it's a good movie. I don't think it's like the end all be all teen teen comedy though. But uh, and I also actually feel like if you watch it now, there's certain parts of the movie that actually age really badly, and it's just kind of a reflection of the time it's made. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I sit. I like it. it. I don't like it enough to put it on my list, but I do think it's a good movie, so yeah, <laughs> to yeah. each their own. Right. Um, I do have two honorable mentions. Well, so do uh, I. Uh, so it's your okay. pick, so i got to go first. Um, my first honorable mention is Ferris Bueller. Okay, nice. Um, Ferris Bueller, I really like this movie. My problem, and the reason this doesn't make my cut is that it doesn't make the fi- the actual list, is that this is another one like Breakfast Club where I think it's overrated and it's overplayed. And I think a lot of people, like the line, the Ben Stein line where he's doing the whole Bueller, Bueller, that's not funny anymore in, <laughs> in any context ever. Um, right. And like it doesn't, it's, so there's some things that don't hold up, but Ferris Bueller as a movie is such a phenomenal movie. Um, and, and it's, and it's the adventure of being the high school kid getting to like sneak out of school, like you skip school and then you like all this stuff gets to happen and it's stuff that we dreamed of and it's stuff that we wanted to be a part of. And the movie has so many great moments aside from the Bueller Bueller part. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you have anything to say about it. I just, 
it it's definitely a movie I love, and it's but I just think it's getting to that point of being overplayed and over cherished. So okay, so Ferris Bueller, I almost want to argue that there's like a reason that it's overplayed and that those lines keep coming up, and I feel like it's because of how much people connect with this movie. Um, I actually was thinking about this while compiling my list, and this is another one that does not make my list, but if somebody wanted to make the argument that Ferris Bueller is the best teen comedy ever made, I think there is an argument there, because I think when you look at Ferris Bueller's legacy, it's one of the few teen comedies that I think transcends the teen audience. Like, I feel like everybody loves this movie, whether you're a kid, a teenager, a parent, a grandparent, like, I feel like it has such a wide demographic, and I feel like that maybe speaks to why it's so overplayed. So I was, I was actually thinking about that when I put my list together. This movie definitely made my short list. Just because of personal preference, it didn't make my final list, but I think there's something to be said for how many people enjoy this movie, actually, compared to, um, you know, the ridiculous long list of uh, silly teen comedies there are so yeah and it's a ridiculously long list and they're not all teen <laughs> and they're not all teen comedies <laughs> but <laughs> right um, alright well what's your first uh, honorable mention then yes yeah, so both of my honorable mentions are movies that I love but I felt like they fit almost more in a sci-fi or horror standpoint to uh, make my final list so the first honorable mention of mine is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure which is absolutely a teen comedy, but this is where I was putting limits on myself and being a purist and being like, well, it's not like a true teen comedy because it's kind of a sci-fi movie. So that's kind of where I uh, put that limit on myself, but yep. definitely a great movie. I love this one. So Yes, I agree. And um, I, how about this? Great movie. Agree with that statement. I totally understand what you mean by make, keeping this off the list because of what we meant by teen comedies. Yes. <laughs> so... Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, my first one is an actual... My next honorable mention is an actual teen comedy, um, and that's <laughs> and that's The Girl Next Door. Um, oh, hey, this one made my shortlist. This is, um, is an awesome movie. This movie, this movie, like... I remember when this movie came out and none of my friends wanted to go see it because they thought it was a rom-com, and I was like, I really don't think this is a rom-com, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I mean, I technically... Kind of, I don't know. Um, technically, in a way, it's kind of a rom-com, but it is so much yeah. more than that in terms of what the movie focuses on. Um, and it's not going for the rom-com audience, that's for sure. No, and it's not. And I remember the few people I went and saw it with were like, totally good. Like, they were all like, like the movie ended, they're like, that was a great movie. We all, like, they all, they all are glad they came and saw it kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's basically, a, I mean, it's a, essentially a, kid who goes out with a porn star and doesn't know she's a porn star right away so <laughs> that's essentially the plot of the movie um it's it's really good i liked it a lot so yeah this this movie is like <laughs> super fun i like this one a lot i like that uh the subject matter for this movie is a lot more um i don't know the right word like it's a lot more dire of a subject matter than a lot of other teen comedies like it gets pretty serious at certain parts um, another thing I enjoy about The Girl Next Door is there's kind of the, there's the main character kid, and he's kind of got his, like, two best friends, and, uh, 
I remember watching this in high school and me and my two best friends in high school talking about which character was like the most like what character in the movie and there's kind of that fun aspect to it um oh the other thing I was going to say about this one is I think this is the movie the first movie that I saw Timothy Oliphant in uh this is the this is the first movie I saw Timothy Oliphant in I feel like this movie kind of like scarred me for any other movie that he's in because of his role (laughs) (laughs) because like it's just like I don't know certain parts I can't get out of my head but uh I mean, he's a great actor, and I enjoy him in most things that I see. Um, it's just like I always, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, yeah, he played that one guy in <laughs> Girl Next Door. So. Um, yeah, and it's and he was he was the villain for a change in that movie. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cool. What's your next, um, on, your final honorable mention of the night? Yes. So my final honorable mention is Idle Hands. So we've talked about this movie this movie, I think, is without a doubt a teen comedy, but I, it's definitely equal parts a horror movie, and yep. that's why it didn't make my final list. Um, but when you really break it down, I think it, I think it, it does like skirt the line where it's like fifty percent teen comedy, fifteen percent horror, just because of how much like ridiculous sort of either gross out or slacker humor is actually in the movie. Um, and this is one that's just like it's right up my alley, like. It's totally the type of movie that I like, like ridiculous, gross-out horror combined with, you know, ridiculous teen comedy gags, like What's Not to Love. Um, I don't know if you have any comments on this one. Like I said, we've talked about this movie before on the show. I I really like this movie, too, and this comes back to the same thing that you said about (laughs) why it doesn't make the list, because it's like... The problem is, (laughs) teen comedy makes you automatically think about high school. When you said teen yep. comedies, I was like, that's what I'm thinking of, and that's how I'm approaching the list. So, yeah. Um, yep. I'm, right, I'm right with you. Well, so my first one, my first actual pick, it was hard. Like, all right, here's the deal. They graduate at the beginning of this movie, so they're technically still teens, and it still technically got the high school vibe, but I had to, I couldn't avoid not putting this on my list because I love the movie so much, and that's Eurotrip. Awesome. So um, we matched on this one. Okay, good. And this is the summer after their senior year of high school, so I definitely think it counts. Yeah, that's why I was like, it's the one that skirts the line, but there was no way I could not put it on my list. I love this movie from beginning to end. Um, it's so funny. There's so many memorable lines. The stuff that I quote today, like the, this isn't where I parked my car line. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just so much, like, it's so good. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the robot... The mime robot fight scene, I think, is the only part of the movie that kind of gets old because I don't find that part funny anymore. But the rest of the movie is just solid. So, so the mime robot part, I can see what you're saying, but at the same time, when I first watched the movie, it was my favorite part of the movie. Oh, um, okay. And this I loved fun. that part first time, but after repeat viewings, I'm like, this isn't as funny as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> see, you've got, you have to watch it with somebody who's never seen it before because then you can live vicarious through, you know, their WTF reaction to that moment. But, that, um, that is a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, but this movie I definitely like a lot. I like, uh, I haven't done it, but I've always wanted to backpack across Europe, and I feel like this is the ridiculous, offensive cartoon version of what that would actually be like, so I like that, and uh, yeah, this one's just super fun. I'm on the same page. I like it from beginning to end, and uh, it definitely makes me crack up, and that's, I think, a testament, because some of these movies 
you know, they say they're comedies, but then you watch <laughs> you don't laugh once the whole way through. But right. Euro Trip makes me laugh every time. So. Right. Well, let's see if we match on another one. Uh, the next one I'm going to bring up is the movie Summer School. No, this one made my short list, though. This movie's great. This movie... <sighs> This movie was a surprise for me when I was a kid. Like, I remember watching it, like, when I was younger. Um, it's basically about a group of kids who got who get messed up in school and have to take summer classes, as the title suggests. Um, but, the, but the teacher doesn't want to be there either, and he lets him take all kinds of, like, field trips to, like, you know, go go-karting and, like, to the beach and, like, watching movies they shouldn't be in class and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they eventually have to do schoolwork, but the movie itself is really fun. Um, and then the two guys who are into the horror makeup and horror movies and stuff like that, and, like, they play a lot of pranks with the horror stuff. It's it's a great movie. Um, is it, uh, like, Chainsaw and Blade? Is that what they're called or something like that? I, I believe... I want to say... I want to say the other guys... It's Chainsaw for sure. I just don't remember... Yeah. Oh, it's Chainsaw and Dave. Oh, really? Yeah, the other guy doesn't have a nickname. The one guy just I calls heard, himself Chainsaw. Of course I thought it was Blade, but it's actually Dave. Yeah, uh, and the guy who plays Chainsaw... Is also in another one of my favorite movies from that era is Ski School. Um, I have this like affinity for uh, '80s ski films, so <laughs> and, nice. and you'd be surprised how many there are. Um, at any rate, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, Summer School. That's the one thing I was gonna say is uh, Chainsaw and Dave's antics through the whole movie are amazing, and they have a lot of sort of special effect based practical jokes that are awesome and it's one of those things where if you're a fan of like horror or sci-fi or something like that this is a teen comedy you have to see because it's so, such a delight to watch like the crazy stuff that these two guys come up with as like you know ridiculous hardcore horror fans and that uh, substitute teacher scene is one of the best scenes ever <laughs> I'll just leave it at that um yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I did. I also love the part when uh, they hit his keys, um, and he's right. and the teacher's freaking out. He's like, "Where's my keys?" And the chainsaw stops. He's like, "They're somewhere in this room." <laughs> um, that that scene that seems really funny, and I always that's that's when I try and uh, uh, that's a line I like to bring up every now and then if I can squeeze it into a, a frantic situation. <laughs> um, at any rate, what's your uh, next pick? Okay, so my next pick is probably the biggest stretch as far as, like, is it a teen comedy on my list? And it, it is, it's definitely, without a doubt, a teen comedy, but it's definitely also the most meta pick of mine, and that is the movie Not Another Teen Movie. So this uh, is yes. literally a teen comedy that is making fun of other teen comedies. It's equal parts a teen comedy and a parody film. This movie is... The reason it makes my list is I just think it's hilarious. I think that this might be my favorite teen comedy just as far as comedy goes. Like, the gags in this movie I think are so hilarious. Like, the uh, the cheerleader with Tourette's syndrome. Like, that's, I mean, it's of course super offensive, but it's also super hilarious. <laughs> Some of the things well, that come up with that. And, and that's, the, uh, that primarily follows the plot line of She's All That, right? Yeah, it's... Yes, yeah, I would say like so. the, Like, the primary plot of that is She's All That. The primary plot is She's All That, and then they take, like, a character from every other team comedy and bring him or her into the plot, if that makes sense. Yes. But, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. It, she's All That is definitely the, uh, 
outline for this movie. She's All That, by the way, spoilers, did not make my list. It's on my short list, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's one that I like a lot. It. Uh, I don't even know if it made my short list, but it's definitely... Uh, I definitely enjoyed that one, but yeah. Um, yeah, but that's pretty much it for Not Another Teen Movie. I think it's just the gags, like... Another one of my favorite ones is just all the uh, Bring It On stuff that they have with the rival cheerleading groups, and I don't want to spoil too many of the jokes, but I just think that stuff's hilarious as well. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this movie specifically, but... Um, no, this this movie, it's... I understand why you like it. It's not one of my favorites, because once they started doing the scary movies, there were too many of that style of movie that were coming too fast. Um, and I, I agree. And I actually avoided this one for a long time because of that. I guess I think that this one is like kind of like a diamond in the rough in that sense, where oh. it's like an actually good one of those movies, if that makes sense. So. Okay, cool. Uh, good to know. Um, I might have to. I might have to give. No, I might have to give it another pass because you said that. Um, I just there were too many of those movies too fast, like scary movie one, two, three, four, five, superhero movie. Uh, you know, remember the. Um, is it Remember the Spartans or like the three, like cause they had the 300 one? I don't remember if that's the title of it or meet, not. Meet the, meet the Spartans. Meet the I Spartans, think. yeah. Like it's just, there's yeah, so it, many. It really got out of hand for a while. Yeah, it was just, wow, here we go, another one of these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't even think they, I don't even, I haven't seen one of those movies in a long time too, but there was like, it definitely got to like parody movie overload, and now I think we're in a bit of a drought for that. Like I'd like to see a, you know, good or bad parody movie come out right. you know, sometime soon. Um, so you ready for my next one? Yeah. Let's All right. Forward. And this, the final three are like they were really hard for me to not to choose which one I wanted and what order to talk about tonight. Right. Uh, so the first one I'm gonna talk about is Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, we matched again. Sweet. Um, this, this is like, like the ultimate. This is, like, one of the ultimate high school movies in terms of, like, end of senior year, end of end of school, like, start the summer stuff. Anyway, like, every every high school stereotype, every high school joke, every high school kid you've ever – like, anyone you went to high schools in this movie, like, it's hilarious, like, from beginning to end. Like, it's, it's also a good story, but it's really funny to see how you – like, if you survived high school, this is a movie for you to watch. Um – yeah, I don't... Do you want to add to that at all? Yeah, um, this was actually the one I was going to save for last, and I oh. just... The only reason I say... And no, it's not, like, a problem that you said it now, but I think the movie is, um... I kind of really admire the way that it's, uh, written, I guess, because it's so concise. Like, it all takes place on one night. It's, like, graduation and then the crazy party afterwards, and everything is so, like... They establish the plot of, like, Preston wants to confess his love to Jennifer Love Hewitt's character. and uh, Do you remember her name? Ever, I want to say it's Amanda. I don't remember her last yeah, name. Yeah, it is Amanda. <laughs> it is but, Amanda. And they kind of have that plot, and I just feel like everything works so concisely. How all And like all the characters, the way they interact, and because it's confined to this one party, it's kind of just like really tightly written, I think. And I don't think it gets enough credit for like how different characters interact and how they affect the other plot lines of the characters and I just think it's like it's really done, well done in that way but I also just think the movie is really funny um, there's definitely some quotable lines in there you know like 
the two stoner guys, uh, one of them who happens to be Jason Siegel. I was just going to bring up, that's the first movie I saw Jason Siegel in, and that is probably one of my favorite lines of the movie, and I still to this day make jokes about that line. Can you regale us with it? Because you might do a better job. Well, because Jennifer Love Hewitt finds out that this guy Preston likes her and has been in love with her, but she doesn't know who he is because she can't place a name to a face in terms of it. It kind of shows how vain she is because she was the popular kid and he wasn't, but she finds this out and she's trying to find Preston, and she stops the guys and she's like, do you know who Preston is? And he's like, yeah, dude, I know Preston. He's kind of tall He's got hair, and he wears t-shirts sometimes, but you gotta know Preston, man. You gotta know Preston. The look on her face is so great when she says, he's kinda tall, he has hair, and he wears t-shirts sometimes. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. Like... (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's it's just so funny when he's just like, you gotta know Preston. (laughs) Um, Another thing I'll say about this movie is like the subplots in it I think are really great too like uh so there's like the main nerdy kid and he's gonna like sabotage the uh captain of the football team whose name is Mike Dexter I want to say uh yeah he's got his two friends waiting on top of the pool house getting ready to the shed or whatever it is and the two nerdy guys on top of the pool house like they have like the most hilarious conversations that it cuts back and forth into and then uh my other favorite subplot is the band. Like, it's this big party, and this band is getting ready to play. And I don't even think they play one song because they just are fighting the entire time. <laughs> and I love the costume choices because every member of the band, you can tell the way, the way they're dressed, is going for a completely different thing. <laughs> like, the lead singer is dressed as, like, kind of like in a prince sort of attire. And then you yeah. have, like, the drummer who's dressed more like and the blowfish and it's just kind of funny that like you can tell just by the way they look that none of them are going to get along and i i love that subplot too but yeah this is just a super fun like really funny movie yeah um all right man well that throws it back to me then i guess um all right so my next one this is like an ultimate high school movie and it just it's hard to relate to because we don't live there but it's so relatable because um it's again everything that we have about high school or like knew about high school like that's just uh, so i'm talking about the movie clueless um oh wow okay um clueless really surprised me when it came out i was like i kind of mocked the movie and then the movie came out and i was like wow that was that was good like it was just yeah. it was really good and it's a very rewatchable movie but and the reason we don't it's hard to relate to is because they're they live in beverly hills and it's everyone's rich but there's so many parts of the movie that are very high school and very that's how it is. And it's, yeah, it's a good movie from beginning to end. And it's the first movie I saw Paul Rudd in. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, Clueless is great. Do you, I don't know if you have anything to say about it, but. Clueless is one of those, uh, I do agree, like, this is a good movie. And I think when it came out, the way it was marketed, it had such, so much of that sort of, like, valley girl sheen, like, presented all over it that it seemed almost like off-putting like there's no way I want to watch this movie because of how the characters are acting and talking but then you actually watch it and it actually is really funny and it actually is really good um I almost want to say I was super young with Clueless like when Clueless came out and I don't know if I related to it as much when it came out as like 
you probably did at your age. So, like, maybe that affects it. Like, I do like this movie, but it's not, like, one of my favorites. But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely a good pick. Yeah. Um, and then last, uh, not this past Comic-Con, not this past C2E2, but the year before, they had a clueless, uh, I didn't get to go. It was just it was too hard to get into that panel. But they did a clueless reunion because they had Donald Faison and Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd was there. And um, oh, nice. Yeah, they had a bunch of the actors from the sh- uh, Breckin Meyer was there, I think too. Yeah. Oh. Um, it was a it was a cool it was a cool panel. I just didn't get a chance to get in there. So. Um, it's kind of cool that that's there's that much of a line for that panel. <laughs> like, right. I didn't realize the clueless fandom was alive and well well i honestly think a lot of it had to do with paul rudd and people could go see ant-man so (laughs) yeah for sure ant-man's here you know i think that was a huge piece of it so (laughs) ant-man's in a panel with batgirl that's awesome i know right like that's a thing so yeah anyway uh what's your next one okay so uh, what do i want to okay i'll go with one that i've talked about on the podcast a lot like pretty extensively and that's the movie Superbad. Um, I really love this movie. I think it's, I've said it before, but I just think it's really smart because I feel like the way it's written is so accurate to how kids in high school actually talk and behave. And I think that's really admirable about, admirable about it. And earlier when we were talking about Girl Next Door, I mentioned how the three main characters in that movie remind me so much of my friend group in high school. And uh, this is another one where the three main characters, you know, Jonah Hill, uh, Michael Sarah, and uh, McLovin, I remember that actor's name, but um, that's like my friend group from high school to a T, and uh, I just enjoy it so much for that relatability of it. Um, I know like the movie is like, again, like super offensive, and even though it's like more recent than a lot of the other movies we've talked about, it probably doesn't age as well as maybe some of the other ones, but uh, this is still another one that's just near and dear to my heart. Um, Drew, like I've said, I've talked about this one a lot, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one. But uh, yeah. My thoughts on this one are I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Um, yeah, I was really irritated with this movie the first time I saw it, but um, <laughs> yeah. and that's it's. It, I like it a lot now. It was definitely repeat viewings that made me like it. Um, yeah. And I totally agree with everything you said. Uh, because of Superbad, uh, the guys who made Superbad made The Good Boys. Um, yeah. And I, Good Boys made my short list. I had a hard time not putting it on there because Good Boys, I feel like, is the almost like, in a really weird way, the ultimate teen comedy because it's junior high and not high school. And these are kids, yeah. like, at the beginning of their teens and they don't know anything, so it makes some of the jokes funnier. So. Yeah, I mean, Good Boys is definitely a really good pick. I didn't even think, for some reason, in the back of my head, the kids in Good Boys are too young, but they might be, like, 13-year-olds, like, around yeah. that age in that movie, so... Yeah, it's just, it made it made me laugh, and it, made, it was one of the first things I thought of when you said teen comedies. But no, Superbad, <laughs> Superbad is, like, a solid, solid... I don't want to pull away from Superbad, that's why I kind of oh, yeah, I rallied back to it. But the way it all plays out, it's just, that's stuff that everyone thought about when you were teens, yeah. you know? Um, you know, ooh, the hot girl wants me to go to the party and I gotta do this thing to impress her because ultimately that's the point. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, and just since we're doing this with every other movie, uh, I remember the reason I talked about this on the show was because we did the Emma Stone episode 
And uh, this is the first movie that I saw Emma Stone in, so there you go. <laughs> oh, those are the first for a lot of people. Like, you know, think about Jonah Hill, think about Michael Sarah. Um, you know, uh, I can never remember his name because, like, you can't remember. You can't remember any of like the only way he comes up in your mind is that he's McLovin. I just always forget it. It's yeah, I used to know his name, and I I think it's just because he hasn't been in anything for a bit. I think it's Christopher seen, so. something. I just always forget his last name. So I <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we know he's we know he's McLovin, so. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Um, all right. Well, this comes back to my last pick, right? And I I kind of wonder if we match on this one. I really do. Um, I was saving this one for the end because I feel I really do feel when you think about teen comedies, when you think about the fact that it's high school, when you think about the fact that um, everything that they put into this movie to make it what it is, this is really a, if you survived high school, this is a movie for you. Um, and it's probably the ultimate teen comedy. It, I really do believe that, and that's American Pie. Awesome, we match. Okay, um, and this I is don't. A great one to end on. And I and I, I and that's the thing. I wanted to save it to the end to talk about, but this is everybody thinks this way when it comes to prom, when it comes to parties, when it comes to being in high school, the popularity contest stuff, the kids with band camp, the kids not in band camp. Like, there's so much into this movie. It's so brilliantly written. Um, so yeah, I don't add because I feel like I've been talking this movie up before I mention the title. So we talk for a second. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember American Pie came out, and at the time, I was just like, I want to say I was like around like eighth grade, like that age range, and it was just kind of this thing that I wasn't old enough to see yet. But it was another one of those I've mentioned in the past, like it was this weird like bucket list film for like me and my friends at the time. <laughs> American Pie, that's so cool. We have to see this movie at some point. Um, so it just kind of was like that sort of thing. And then when I eventually did see it, like, I just think it's it's kind of what you said where it has like the whole picture. Like it has that high school relatability and it has like every kind of character you went to high school with, but it has, um, the gags are really hilarious and they were really memorable. Um, and I like that this one fits in the whole like, gross out teen comedy realm as well because I don't think they make a lot of those movies I haven't seen one in a long time where it actually goes for the kind of gross out gags as well yeah. so um, yeah this this movie was just awesome and it's definitely just super relatable as like a suburban kid in the early 2000s I guess <laughs> um, yeah and it's like I, I was in college like early college when this movie came out and it's kind of interesting to be like out of high school and be like I relate to every single thing that's happening in this movie <laughs> you know yeah so um yeah this one's just uh I like this movie so much and I feel like its legacy kind of lives on so well it's hard to know specifically where to attack this one but it's definitely like like you said it does seem like the ultimate teen comedy you know like that uh, that award was probably given to a different movie back in the day, but now you know it's American Pie, and I don't know what's been able to top it since, <laughs> sort of thing. So um, I think, and this is going back to Breakfast Club. I feel like Breakfast Club was that, like that was the American Pie back in the day. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like American Pie's taken that mantle away from Breakfast Club. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I could be a little wrong there. I just that's just what I thought. So. No, I mean you're probably right. 
I've so I've never seen the movie Porky's, but I feel like Porky's is talked about in the same way that American Pie is. <laughs> um, Porky's <laughs> might be a better Porky's might be a better correlation to American Pie for subject matter. I'm just yeah. thinking about the high school teen comedy thing. Right, and the amount of like regard that the movie's given or whatever. So yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say about American Pie? Because i got to tell you what our next week's choice is. So. Um, this is the first movie I saw Blink-182 in. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, right on. <laughs> That's yeah, fine. Yeah, i got nothing else to um, add. All right, well, let me tell you what we're doing next week. Um, I had to dig through all of our lists to find out if we've done this or not. Because um, I wanted to I wanted to throw you a curveball for a change. Okay. Um, because you always come up with weird, crazy lists. So I'm throwing this. We haven't done this yet. Um, I want to do a creature feature kind of a thing. Okay. Um, so we're going to do aliens. Oh, cool. But this is the rule I have here is no Star Wars and no Star Trek. Um, the only reason I say that is because I feel like I'll, like, it'll, I feel like I will be like, well, crap, I got to have, like, it'll be too much Star Wars on my list. And I really wanted to focus on the idea of these are creatures that, like, aliens that, like, kind of scare you kind of thing. Um, and that's okay. kind of where I was thinking. And I'm not necessarily thinking it has to be horror films type stuff, but the alien, yeah. like, it's got to scare you. And that was the whole point of the movie was to scare you or trip you up or that kind of thing. I mean, E.T., he's an alien. He can make your list if you want. Um, so just top five alien characters, like kind of like the dragons list we did or yeah. robots. Sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, just, I just thought this would be kind of a fun one to do um, just because we've not really done it. Um, and, I, and, I, and I'm willing to bet that Xenomorph from Aliens makes both our lists. But, <laughs> Absolutely. But um, you see where I'm going with this because I always liked I, – I like watching these – I like watching that kind of movie. And, um, yeah. I, and the re and the only reason Star Wars and Star Trek don't make the list is because they're not really about aliens. No, I, you know? I definitely I definitely appreciate that because first of all, like I'd probably have a lot of Star Wars. That's the thing. Uh, like we would be too. like, ooh, dude, the Rancor and Salacious <laughs> Crumb, and then you throw in like uh, the Minox, and like you start like going and like crap. Now, how, like of course, this beloved thing is gonna topple this other thing, and. That really wasn't what I was thinking of in the focus, yeah. so. And like you said, like, Star Wars doesn't focus on aliens in the sense of, like, an invasion sort of story or anything No, like they that. focus on aliens in the sense that they're part of the world, and that's just how the world is, you yes. know? And the same thing with Star Trek. So, yes, they're aliens, but they're very humanoid, and they're very meant, they're not, you know, so. So, and, and like... So I guess I'm kind of gathering, like, it can be an alien that you like just the character of, or it could be, yeah, I guess you're going to approach it different ways for different picks on this one? Uh, yeah, you definitely could approach it different ways. It doesn't have to be horror. It doesn't have to be scary. You know, I just, the idea I was thinking was just alien entities that exist out there. and Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I think that's going to be really fun. Cool, man. Yeah, I just wanted to do something different because we've been very kind of focused, so I'll pick a real, like, tight niche thing, and there's a lot of sci-fi fans out there, so Aliens will be a cool one. Um, awesome. So, yeah, do you have anything else you want to add before I roll, before I get us out of here? I think that's everything. We did it. Another episode in the can. Another episode in the can. We're going to have to get a second can. Uh, yeah. soon so um I'm, I'm still trying to find a good spot to bury the first one that <laughs> it'd be it'd be a cool time capsule right yeah. um <laughs> with that being said 
Uh, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with our link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Um, you can interact with the show, hitting us up on our email, hitting us up on our social media. Either way, that works. Uh, we are on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and, iHeart, and Apple Podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to us in that, those places, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Uh, you will also be able to leave us a review. We love five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better, and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I will be saying sorry to Scott that Honey didn't make my list. <laughs> I don't know if Honey falls under teen comedies, though. So. That's the next thing I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know if it falls under that. <laughs> right, and I actually thought about that movie when I was looking through the list online. So, As far as I know, Scott expects Honey to make every list. So. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody.